A reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 1, Verse 8. Jaya Kale Tusatvasya Devarshin Rajaso Saran Tamasoyakshakshamsi Tamasoyakshakshamsi Tatkala Nukuna Pajat The Yakshas and Rakshasas. Takala Anuganaha. According to the particular time. Avajad fostered. Translation by Sri Prabhupada. When the quality of goodness is prominent, the sages and demigods flourish with the help of that quality with which they are infused and surcharged by the Supreme Lord. Similarly, when the mode of passion is prominent, the demons flourish. And when ignorance is prominent, the yakshas and rakshasas flourish. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is present in everyone's heart, 
fostering the reactions of sattva-guna, raja-guna, and tamaguna. Report. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is not partial to anyone. The conditioned soul is under the influence of the various modes of material nature, and behind material nature is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But one's victory and loss under the influence of Sattvaguna, Rajaguna, and Tamaguna are reactions of these modes, not of the Supreme Lord's partiality. Shri Jiva Goswami in Bhagavad Sandarva has clearly said, Savadayana Santi Sheyatracha Prakrita Gunaha Sashura Sarvasutebhya Puman Adya Prasidatu Haladini Sandini Samvit Tvayeka Sarvasam Shaya Stitao Laratapakari Mishra Tvayeno Gunavarjite According to the statement of Bhagavad Sandarbha, the Supreme Lord, being always transcendental to the material qualities, is never affected by the influence of these qualities. The same characteristic is also present in the living being, but because he's conditioned by material nature, even the pleasure potency of the Lord is manifested in the conditioned soul as troublesome. In the material world, the pleasure enjoyed by a conditioned soul is followed by many painful conditions. For instance, we have seen in the two great wars which were conducted by the Rajaguna and Tamaguna, where both parties were actually ruined. The German people declared war against the English to ruin them, but the result was that both parties were ruined. Although the Allies were apparently victorious, at least on paper, actually neither of them were victorious. Therefore, it should be concluded that the Supreme Versailles of God is not partial to anyone. Everyone works under the influence of various modes of material nature. And when the various modes are prominent, the demigods or demons appear victorious under the influence of these modes. Everyone enjoys the fruits of his qualitative activities. This is also confirmed by Bhagavad Gita 14, 11 through 13. <laughs> Lopa pravati adam va karmanam ashamas viha rajasitani jayante vividhe paradarshava aprakasha pravittisha pramadama hevacha tamasitani jayante vividhe kurunandana. Manifestations of the mode of goodness can be experienced when all the gates of the body are illumined by knowledge. O chief of the bardas, when there is an increase in the mode of passion, the symptoms of great attachment, uncontrollable desire, hacking, and intense endeavor develop. Osan Kuru, when there is an increase in the mode of ignorance, madness, illusion, inertia, and darkness are manifested. Supreme Versailles of Godhead, who is present in everyone's heart, simply gives the results of the increase in the various qualities, but he is impartial. He supervises victory and loss, but he does not take part in them. The various modes of material nature do not work all at once. The interactions of these modes are exactly like seasonal changes. Sometimes there is an increment of Rajaguna, sometimes of Tamaguna, and sometimes Sattvaguna. Generally, the demigods are surcharged with Sattvaguna, and therefore, when the demons and demigods fight, the demigods are victorious because of prominence of their Sattvaguna qualities. However, this is not the partiality of the Supreme Lord.
So uh, here we're going to start because you know here it says the modes are in control, but actually behind the modes is our supreme is the supreme personality of Godhead. So in the beginning of creation. Uh, we'll start from the beginning to find out how, how these modes are being controlled. The Lord is glancing at Durga, and in his glance is time, jiva, and karma. The Lord is breathing out. What's the first thing that comes out of his breath? The Prasankhvaya Vedas. That's the first thing that comes out. Prasankhvaya Vedas. And the first thing they do is to offer prayers to glorify the Lord. The, the Shruti say, this is in the 10th canto, 87th chapter, victory, victory to you, O unconquerable one, by your very nature, you are perfectly full in all opulences. Therefore, please defeat the eternal power of illusion, who assumes control over the modes of nature to create difficulties for conditioned souls. Oh, you who awaken all the energies of the moving and unmoving embodied beings, sometimes the Vedas can recognize you as you sport with your material and spiritual potencies. So the Vedas are waking up the Lord, they're expressing their purpose of creation, that is compassion of the Lord, who wants to wake up the living entities to enjoy with him. So Prabhupada explains in one purport in third canto, fifth chapter, verse 24, that um, this cosmic manifestation at the beginning was not present. Only the Lord was there, and there was no material world. So, but the Lord felt perfect. This is a verse, actually. Verse 24. Without his plenary and separated parts and parcels, material energy was dormant, and the internal energy was manifested. But he was missing all of us who were sleeping. We were all sleeping with, with Maya. So Prabhupada gives the analogy, just like a husband sometimes feels uh, lonely in the absence of his wife. So the Lord was feeling like that in the absence of his material world, his, his creation. Um, because we are all sleeping, and, and the Lord, when he glanced at Durga, he woke up Durga, and we are also waking up at this point. Uh, and uh, he wants us to wake up so he can, we can enjoy with him in the spiritual world. So that's the purpose of creation, is compassion. Compassion is behind it. Compassion of the Lord for the sleeping energy and for sleeping us. Uh, so we were sleeping and to our spiritual life. And that's why he woke us up. Actually, he wants that we all go back to God here. Um, so, he is controlling the modes of nature, although he has nothing to do with them, he's, he's not affected. But in what form is Krishna controlling? Uh, this material nature is in his form of time. So this verse mentions time twice, Jaya Kali, in the time of prominence, prominence and at the last line, Tat Kala Nu Kuno, uh, the supreme 
personality of God is present in everyone's heart. So here in the word for word, it says, according to the particular time. So according to time, sometimes goodness is there, sometimes passion is there, and sometimes ignorance is there. I think now that we can perceive in, in this world that ignorance is prominent. Uh, ignorance is very prominent. The wars are going on. Both sides will suffer, are suffering. I just was reading uh, something recently how one Russian soldier was saying, uh, somehow he got an interview with some American newspaper, and uh, so the Russian soldier was expressing his unhappiness that they're sending us out without training. I just I was a factory worker, and now no food, no bullets. We have guns, but no bullets. And so he's saying, this is our what's happening. And they try to send us out in front, and we don't, you know, and we just get killed. And so four times they sent the, the boys, and then the fifth time they all refused to go. So um, yeah, this is happening. And and the Russian, the Russian boys are are running away because they're all being drafted. And I know some have come to Rindavan, some Ukrainian also have come to Rindavan. They're being drafted on both sides. And so yeah, they're, this is going on, everyone is being ruined. It's not just, all the, it's the youth of, of both the countries are, are being killed because it's the mode of ignorance. It is not a religious fight. So the modes of nature are being controlled by Krishna in his form of time. Kala, Kalanu, Nu, Kuno. So I'll, I'll, read a, I'll share with you a verse from 11th Canto, 24th chapter, verse 15. All the results of fruit of work have been arranged within this world by me, is Krishna speaking, Uddhava Gita. I am the supreme creator acting as the force of time. So time is the one who is actually controlling the modes and giving us the results. So sometimes, um, goodness rises up, or uh, we rise up towards the surface of this ocean of material existence, and sometimes we again become submerged by time. And so the non-devotees, for the non-devotees, time is called Kala Sarpa, a snake of time. The snakes, they creep up and bite you when you least expect it. And when you're caught, you feel like a rat mouth of the cat. The rat is really afraid. He, doesn't, he knows what's going to happen to him, but he doesn't know what's going to happen after. Where is he going to go? What's going to happen? So people caught up in the mouth of death are like that. And, and sometimes they experience the yama, yama dutas come for them. Yes. So they are very, very afraid. So Yudhisthira was asked the question in Mahabharat, what is the news? Yes. So Yudhisthira answered, in this world, this world is like a frying pan. And the sun is the fire. The days and nights are the fuel. And the months and seasons are the stirring ladle. And guess who the cook is? Who's, who is cooking us? Time. It's time. Time is the cook. We're being fried. Some of us are well done, some of us are completely fried. Uh, being in, like my age, <laughs> we are fried. 
But sometimes it happens before you get old, you, you realize, yes, I'm being fried. And this is terrible. So Bhishma in first canto, 19th, 9th chapter of Bhagavatam, says, uh, how wonderful is the influence of time. It is irreversible, otherwise how can there be reverses in the presence of King Yudhisthira, who is the son of the demigod controlling religion, and in, for, in the presence of Bhima, the fighter with the club, and Arjuna, the best archer in the world. And uh, so Prabhupada says, that despite the power of pious acts, power of personalities, power of expert management, the power of weapons, under direct supervision of Krishna, uh, the Pandavas suffered so many reverses, and this can only be explained as due to the influence of Kala, inevitable time. So Kala is Krishna, so that means it's the inexplicable wish of the Lord himself when things happen like that, which we do not understand. So this is beyond our control. Prabhupada said there's nothing to be lamented. And this is, so why do great devotees seem to suffer sometimes? So Prabhupada explains again in a purport to Bhishma's uh, verses that, you know, the Lord teaches the world by teaching the devotee. Devotee doesn't have to learn anything new from the Lord because the Lord teaches the sincere devotee from within the heart. But, so sometimes a show is made to teach the devotees as in the case of Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna heard Bhagavad Gita. He didn't, he didn't need to really, well, because he was a devotee, but he, he heard Bhagavad Gita. So um, this is to teach the less intelligent people. So Srila Prabhupada said, therefore, our attitude should be to ungrudgingly accept difficulties from the Lord as a benediction. So it looks, you know, it looks like time is against us. That's a really difficult time, must be in Rahu or something. But no, this is mercy of the Lord. This is the Lord's mercy. A benediction, somehow. Later, if you go on in life, after a few years later, you'll see, oh, this is the best thing. If this didn't happen, then now I wouldn't be where I am now. And so, yes. The Prabhupada, how do pure devotees take um, difficulties? Srila Prabhupada one time was very, very sick, with fever and uh, dysentery for three days. And after three days, his servant was wondering, you know, he was kind of doubting, why, why does Prabhupada have to suffer? He's a pure devotee. So then uh, he asked Prabhupada, he didn't say directly, he said indirectly, why do pure devotees suffer? And Prabhupada answered, it was a lover's bite. So that means he was feeling the hand of Krishna. He was saying, oh, Krishna is biting me. And so sometimes uh, we, we heard the analogy of at the time of death, the mother cat catches the rat and the rat feels terrible. But for the devotee, the mother cat is catching the kitten and taking the kitten from one place to the other. How does the kitten feel? Yay! I'm with my mother and the kitten. But, but sometimes we feel the teeth of the mother cat during our life, even may not be time of death. We may feel the teeth. And that's when 
difficulties come. But it's just Krishna because we're going the wrong direction. Sometimes the kitten goes the wrong direction and the mother cat picks up the kitten and puts the kitten where it should go. If we're going the wrong direction, then Krishna may do that to us. He may pick us up and we'll feel, oh, oh, difficulty. I feel the teeth. But we should know it's the teeth of the mother cat. So people, they're afraid of time. Why, why are people afraid of time? Bhagavatam explains that um, anyone who does not know that time is the same supreme personality is afraid of the time factor. Yes. So everybody is afraid of time, but the devotee, he knows, oh, this is Krishna. So Prabhupada said, uh, yes, we have seen Krishna in his universal form, 1942, when they were bombing Calcutta. Prabhupada was there, it was World War II. And uh, he said, we ran to a shelter, the bombing began. And we were seeing the Vishvarupa, that's the 11th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, the, the universe is a very fearful form of time. Yes, what Krishna revealed to Arjuna. So he said, yeah, of course, this is just another form of Krishna, but it's not a very lovable form. You cannot love the universal form. Arjuna was really afraid and he was shocked and so many emotions he was feeling. So the love form, we love Krishna with two hands, Balava. Uh, just like another example Prabhupada gives, although your father may be a policeman, if he comes home firing his gun, you might be afraid of him. So yeah, the Vishwarupa is like your father firing a gun. Um, so you don't want to be in the way there. You know, you, you can, it's hard to accept that form of your father. So now this form is being shown in Ukraine, and the devotees are seeing it. And, and some of them are getting the realization, yes, this is the best thing, now I'm really surrendered to Krishna. And uh, yes, so this is what's happening. This is the news that's still happening today. People are being cooked by time. Mode of ignorance is prominent, and so there will be difficulties. The rakshasas are in control, as the verse says. When the mode of ignorance is prominent, then the yaksas and rakshasas are in control. In many purports, Prabhupada does say the rakshasas are in control. Now we're seeing it practically. And so, um, therefore, we have to surrender to Krishna. Abandon all varieties of religion, surrender to me. Sarvadharma Pritya Mamekam Sharanam Praja. And so, Prahlad Maharaj, he, he saw a time also as, he saw a time as crushing. In, in his verse, he says, Oh, my Lord, no one can conquer you, but as for me, I'm being crushed by the wheel of time. So I surrender to me. Surrender to you. Please protect me. So yes, we are being crushed, so we should surrender. That's one reason why we should surrender to Krishna. There are many reasons why. One reason is that time is after us. Now, according to Kunti Devi, uh, she also, um, she talks to the Lord, she prays to the Lord, yes, you are eternal time. Supreme Controller, without beginning and end, the all-pervasive one. So time not only gives us difficulties sometimes, but time also is the witness to what we are doing now in this world. 
Another Prabhupada in the purport of this verse by Kunti Devi, Srila Prabhupada says, another name of Paramatma feature of the Lord is Kala, or eternal time. Did you know that? You got the super soul in the heart and the external, when, when the super soul expands outside, of course we hear it's guru, well that's one nice thing, but it also, super soul also expands its time. Super soul is also time. And witnessing our activities. So sometimes um, we, uh, we suffer and we don't know why. Why are we suffering? And we, we forgot, because we forgot what we did to get the suffering. We forgot, oh, this is a reaction to something I did. But time didn't forget, and so time is there reminding you, oh, remember you did this, you, uh, yes, you killed this person, now you're, somebody wants to kill you also. And so time, time is the witness. But the devotees are beyond time. Isn't that nice? So be a devotee. Always be a devotee. You can go beyond time. As I read in a previous class, the verse from 1st Kinto 16th chapter, as long as Yamaraj is present here, no one shall meet with death. The sages have invited Yamaraj to Bhagavatam class. Yamaraj is here, he's listening, and he's too busy listening, and he won't, you know, he won't take you. No. <laughs> he's into Krishna Katha, he likes Katha. Yamaraj loves Katha. And so we're having Katha, Yamaraj is here listening, we don't have to worry about dying now. So you should always be hearing Bhagavatam. That's, that's the lesson. So um, devotees, so devotees, they're very careful about time. They don't waste time. It's a symptom of bhava, of yartakalatvam. Bhagavatam says, and um, Narumuni says in the first and fifth chapter, people who are actually intelligent and philosophically inclined should endeavor only for that thing which is not obtained from wandering from the highest planet to the lowest planet. What is that thing? As far as it's not sense enjoyment because that we can get automatically in course of time just like we get distress. You don't have to go after happiness, it will come. Nobody goes after distress and it comes. So, um, yes, so what, what is that thing that the intelligent, philosophically inclined person should endeavor for, and that is for Krishna Prema, devotional service, love of Krishna. So Yamaraj is a great devotee, we shouldn't be afraid of him. Um, that uh, he, he does tell his messengers, don't go near my devotees. Offer them respect. You go to those people who don't chant Hari Krishna mantra. You go there and bring them here for judgment. So, very interesting, like, um, Prabhupada was giving a lecture on the verse from uh, Sixth Canto, where Yamaraj says, uh, don't go to my devotees, go to those who are not chanting. So Prabhupada added something, a, a new translation to that verse, uh, and this was in India, in uh, Gorakhpur. So he said to the people, to the Indian people in the class, Go to those people who don't become life members of the ISKCON. And they all became life members <laughs> in the class. <laughs> oh, Prabhupada, pure devotee, and, and then of course, yesterday's seminar we heard, if the, the pure devotee says something, the Lord must make it come true. 
And so Prabhupada said that, and they were, they all, I think one person didn't, then he was dying on his deathbed. He said, oh, I'm hearing the Iskandavadis, I must become a life member. <laughs> so yes, yes. Yeah, I think I told that story, yes, about Yamraj and uh, the person who died in Tirupati, and then he, uh, he was sent back, he wasn't the right person, and the Yamadudas told him, go to Iskand and buy Bhagavad Gita as it is, and you won't see us again. So yes, Yamadudas are also helping us in this marathon. So yes, uh, we must become devotees. Again, the, the sun takes away everyone's life, except the devotees who are here in chanting. Uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, you spend your nights uselessly sleeping, and daytime decorating your bodies. You have received the greatest gift of the human form, but you do not care for it. Not caring for the darling of Yashoda, you slowly fall through your last moments till death. With every rising and setting of the sun, a day passes and is lost. Then why do you remain idle and not serve the Lord of the heart? Now, a few verses after this, verse 12 has a very important message for people, and for devotees especially. What is that message? The verse starts out, uh, Shukadeva is speaking to Pariksit. He says, this time factor enhances the sattva-gun. It favors the mode of goodness. Did you know that? Time favors goodness? So at least be in goodness. If you can't be transcendental, at least be in the mode of goodness. So yes, because the demigods are in Satvagun, and uh, he favors the demigods and the demons will be annihilated. We see that happening now, uh, the demons. Well, yes, this is according to Bhagavatam, the demons are being annihilated. So all material bodies, those peaceful, more goodness, those are agitated in passion, those who are foolish in ignorance, um, they are all your creations. This is a prayer by the wives of Kaliya. Um, still, those whose bodies are in the mode of goodness are especially dear to you. And that's why Krishna comes. Krishna comes to, to save those devotees, to protect those devotees who are in goodness. So this verse tells about sometimes his goodness, sometimes his passion. Now there is a nice verse also in Second Canto, 7th chapter, verse 39 which says there is a time for creation. There is a time for maintenance, and there is a time for destruction. Beginning of creation, there is penance, Lord Brahma, the Prajapatis, the sages who generate them. And during maintenance, there is Lord Vishnu, the demigods, and the kings of different planets. But at the end, there is irreligion, Lord Shiva, and the atheists of anger. So this is, uh, yeah, so there's a time, just like this purport in this verse, Prabhupada said, it's like seasonal changes. We have different yugas, Sattva uh, Treta and uh, Dhapara Kali. Now is the age of darkness. But um, there is, there will be a special time in a few years when the golden age will really, we will see the golden age begin. It should be in your lifetime, not mine, maybe not mine. But within your lifetime, you should see the golden age begin and Lord Chaitanya's movement will, will come and become prominent. So 
Krishna, here Krishna comes his time, but not in the spiritual world. There, the time in the spiritual world you cannot understand. You can't understand the time. Bhagavatam is also beyond time. Bhagavatam is also beyond time. It's a history, but this kind of history is very interesting history. It was spoken at the beginning of creation. Usually history happens after. Something happens and you have a history. This history is spoken at the beginning of creation. It's eternal. Bhagavatam is eternal. So somebody was asking, how is it possible that Sutta spoke and then Shukare, the Bhagavatam is supposed to be Shukare, but he didn't come to second canto. And I said, yeah, according, it's, there's different time. Bhagavatam is under a different time. And it's eternal. It's, it's there in, in the spiritual world. It's there even in Brahma Loka, according to Tathasandarva, one billion verses are there. And that includes Bhagavatam, Mahabharata, it's all there in the Vedas in Brahma Loka. So it's just a question of downloading them, like we would say. They're in cyberspace. Bhagavatam is there. Gita is there. It's all there. And you just have to download it. Well, it's been downloaded for us, so we don't have to worry. Good thing Vyasadeva did that for us. And uh, so we have, we have Krishna Lila. So spiritual time is different. There is no past and there is no future. Only present. Only present. So we have the example of what Krishna, when he got married, he had 16,108 wives. And each one of those wives had a palace. 16,108 palaces. So Narayamuni decided to visit. Now he's a, he's a very quick traveler. Within, one, within a few moments or minutes, perhaps, he visited all the palaces of Krishna. And what did he find in the first palace? Krishna was sitting on his bed being fed by Rukmini. And the second palace, Krishna was just waking up. It was early in the morning. And he was going to give donations. He was worshiping, doing his puja, worshiping himself. Uh, and then in another palace, he was going out and shooting arrows. And that was like an afternoon time. And another palace, he was uh, having lunch. In another palace, he was going to sleep. So it's like there were 16,108 time zones. We have a problem with 24 uh, time zones. Just imagine, uh, Narayamuni was a very fast traveler, so he could do that all within a few minutes. He could see all the palaces. We can't even imagine our spiritual, the rate of how fast he could go spiritually. So Narayamuni was going by spiritual travel. He was going very fast. So we cannot catch up with him. So Prabhupada also, Prabhupada was beyond time. He never wasted his time. Shri said, I was only 20 years old when I was his servant, but I had a difficult time keeping up with him um, as he traveled around the world. The morning walks, he was 75 years old. And I also experienced the same thing on a morning walk with Prabhupada. I was like 20 something. He was 70-something, and he was walking so fast, and we couldn't keep up with him. And I was trying to figure out, how, how does he walk so fast? Couldn't figure out, though. <laughs> That's beyond my intelligence. So during one flight from New York, many devotees arranged for seats in the same row as Shiddha Prabhupada. And um, Shiddha Kirti was sitting next to him. As the flight was going, some of the disciples began to fall asleep and do the dive bomb. 
They were just falling asleep with their, yeah, they didn't have their dummies, can't hold those. So as he, he said, it was a very funny sight. He was, but he said, Prabhupada was not amused. Prabhupada said, just see, everyone is awake, except for the devotees. They are sleeping. They're in Maya, sleeping. Everyone else is awake. Why they cannot stay awake? The Shirtakirti said, usually when Prabhupada talked to me like this, I became silent. I was afraid of saying the wrong thing. There wasn't a point you could make that Prabhupada couldn't defeat. And so he didn't want to be chastised. He said, one thing was certain, I did not sleep on that flight. And so yeah, Prabhupada, uh, he was beyond time. He would, whenever he was traveling, he would just, even if he didn't get any sleep the night before, he would see what is the time now at 11 o'clock morning? Okay, time for massage. He just went straight into that time zone. Even after maybe he didn't sleep the whole, been on the night flight, didn't sleep. Okay, time for massage. But his servants weren't like that. They, they were sleeping. They couldn't stay awake. So Prabhupada was liberated. But to show us and to live in the most effective way, he organized the 24 hours of the day and night. There was the best time when the air was cool and the neighborhood quiet for taking a morning walk. There was the best time for devotees to gather, best time to eat for health, and a time to answer letters. So he rose early to regulate us also. So we all, you know, that was in our, that was ingrained in our brain, Mangalarti. You have to go to Mangalarti, you have to change 16 rounds. Those two things. And uh, so he, he just, he, according to time, he did service for Krishna. According to how he could best serve Krishna, then he regulated his time. So um, is Krishna under time? One, uh, one devotee went to Calcutta and, and saw Prabhupada's the deities he worshipped in his childhood in one temple. And the Pujari was dressing the deities. And the Pujari put one watch on Krishna's hand, like he needs to know the time. Um, so that was interesting. And then another example is in New York, when uh, one time they're doing, it was the book marathon, book distribution marathon, like now. So they changed the deities, Mangal Arati, to 3.30, from 4.30. And Prabhupada went, he looked at the deities, he said, Krishna is not getting enough sleep. He said, he has to work hard whole day herding the cows. Now this is New York. This is Lopin Dalai. Where in New York? I mean, there is a lot of good land there. Not New York City. He said, so he must get his sleep. So they changed the Mangalarti back. So evidently Krishna is also affected <laughs> by time here that uh, here in the material world, not in the spiritual world, he's up all night dancing. But here, he has to have his sleep. Okay, so I'll stop here, and if there's any questions, you can ask at this point. No questions today, huh? <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. Oh, yes, of course. Hello, Mr. Marketing. Thank you for the nice class. Um, so, my, you're talking about Srila Prabhupada. So, my question is what were your first thoughts when you saw Srila Prabhupada? Hmm. Because Prabhupada interacts with the children. 
Yeah, I'll tell you my first thoughts. I know what they were. I met him at the airport, some airport in Florida he was visiting, and I was walking behind him. And um, I was thinking, oh, this is where I belong. I never felt, in, when I was in the material, before that, I never felt I belonged anywhere. In my school, I was like 10 years old, I was looking at the other kids, I said, I'm not one of them. I'm not, I'm maybe I'm from another country, or maybe I'm from another planet, but one thing I know is I'm not American, I'm not one of them. <laughs> so then, never felt like I was belonging anywhere, you know, this group, that group. When they asked me what career I wanted to do, I said, none of them. So I became a musician because that wasn't one of them. So um, it's like, so then, but then for the first time in my life when I started following Prabhupada, I said, okay, this is where I belong. I can follow him the rest of my life. This is where I belong. And I felt that. I didn't really fit in the material world. There was, I didn't feel comfortable uh, living in the material world. So Prabhupada, yes, that's, that's it. Any other questions? <laughs> okay. Jack, go is Shri Prabhupada, Vanchakapa, Chibiyasya, Kripa Sindhu, Viva Jabatatana, Pauli, Viva Vaishya, Viva Mona Mahatma.